Welcome to How Did I Get Here? I am your host, Joseph Anthony Batesel. This podcast focuses on interviews from people who come from all walks of life, ages, and professions that share their stories on how they got from point A to Z as they chase their dreams, successes, and failures and answer the elusive question in life that so many of us ask ourselves, how did I get here? Welcome. Today is my very first podcast for How Did I Get Here? My guest for this evening is Caroline Liston-Peterson, who I have known ever since she was very, very small. And she has a resume and a portfolio that is so long, it took her three pages to send to me. And they're in chronological order. So if I had to read them all, the show would be over. So without further ado, I'm going to invite my guest to join me this evening. Caroline, how are you doing? Oh, Joe, (laughs) I loved that introduction. You cracked me up. I am doing really good, doing really good. And so excited that you asked me to do this and honored that I get to be the first one. So I know my very first guest has to be somebody that I met. How many years ago did did we meet? And how old were you? Do you remember? Yeah, I feel like I was six, seven. Oh. (laughs) That was a, a long time ago. Six or seven. I know. <laughs> and I was an old man then, and I'm an old man now. So things haven't changed very much. And I was rambunctious then, and I'm still. <laughs> I know. Well, let's just tell the people that are listening how we met. I taught theater at Box Elder High School, and your older siblings were in my theater program. And you would come to the plays with your mom yes. and dad. Yes. And I remember coming in and watching and thought to myself, I want in on that. I want to do that. I want to have the thrill of being in front of people and having that rush and enjoyment of entertaining others. And I'm so glad that I had an opportunity to work with you there for a little bit. And performing has changed my life forever and ever. Well, it was very interesting because I remember a few little things. I remember when you were little and you'd come to the plays and I thought it was really interesting because I come over to you maybe either doing a play in the intermission or after the play. And I'd say, did you like the play? And you go, oh, I did. I liked the play (laughs) so much. And I thought that was so cute. And you were just adorable at that time. And you remain, you know, one of my favorite people. So oh, thank you. You're you're welcome. Caroline, let's get into some stuff about you. Now, okay. you kind of mentioned when you were smaller or little that you kind of had a little bit of that desire already to be involved with theater. So when was the first time you remember that you really wanted to be on a stage? When was that? You know, I feel like there's been many moments in my life where I knew I wanted to be on the stage. One of the biggest ones was watching my older siblings in Who Shot the Sheriff when Kenan was the villain and Shay was the leading lady. And I remember 
laughing so hard through that whole show and thinking I've had so much fun in the last two hours or so. And I want to give that to other people. I love that. And let's give a shout out to my lovely wife, Alice, who wrote the play. Yes. Right? It's amazing. And it's kind of interesting about this whole premise of my show, How Did I Get Here? Because now Alice is a very prolific writer and a published author and has been published in anthologies. And I'm sure she asked that same question, and I'll have to get her on one of my interviews if I can. But how did I get here? Well, what were some of the influences that made you choose this field of entertainment? Were there some professionals out there? Or was it strictly your siblings that you were watching and observing? Were there other people out there like movie stars or entertainers? You know, what kind of drew that ambition? Yes. Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, watching that as a young girl and seeing her play such an iconic role just really impacted my life. And then, of course, my siblings. But being surrounded by such a supportive family, my parents, um, I had friends that were into theater, so they were supportive of that. And I just felt like my whole livelihood was around, you know, always accomplishing what what I wanted to do and what made me happy and performing was that for me. And every time I would get on a stage or every time I'd be involved with something, it would solidify, yes, this is what makes me happy. And I mean, now, now I'm a mom and I'm not on the stage as much, but I'm now realizing that there's other things that make me just as happy. We're of course talking about the theater side of things. That's a big part of my life. Hopefully that was what you're looking for. That's exactly what I'm looking for. What were you like as a child? I, I remember you and I don't remember you running around a lot. You were quite self-disciplined when I remember you, when you went oh, to man. the theater. Am, am I right? I didn't I didn't have to stop you in the aisle and say, hey, little girl, go sit down. <laughs> so what were you like? Were you kind of shy or did you feel like you were outgoing or shy around people, different around your family? What was that like as a child? So I feel like my life kind of went in waves. Now, as a young, young child, I was extremely rambunctious. I didn't understand social scenarios, what was appropriate, what wasn't appropriate. And I just did what I wanted to do. And I didn't care what anyone thought or said, but I felt like there was this change in my life when I kind of hit around the middle school range where I think every child goes through that, where they'll struggle in some areas with social groups or maybe with teachers where you do lose some of that confidence. And so it's funny now that I'm an adult, I see that I can be reserved and shy in some situations, but then I'm also extremely outgoing in others. It's weird. I feel like I take on these two roles and it depends on who I'm with, what I'm doing. And so, yeah, when you said I was very kind of well-behaved, theater was a serious thing. I knew not to goof off because that was something where you needed to be respectful of the people doing the show of the whole thing. And you just take it in. You know, my role was to be the audience member that was well-behaved and, and absorbed everything. You mentioned Audrey Hepburn. Now, has anybody ever told you you look a lot like Audrey Hepburn? Yes, I have had that a little bit Mm -hmm. in my life. And maybe that's another reason why I feel like I can connect to her Mm -hmm. in a way, because I can see myself playing those roles. Right. She was a wonderful person, a wonderful humanitarian. 
Yes. It's it's wonderful to have people like that you look up to in the industry. Caroline, did you like school? Yes and no. (laughs) Okay. What did you like? What subjects did you like in school? I loved choir, theater, and English. Honestly, those were my three. What about elementary school, though? What subjects did you like in elementary school? English. Math and science were a little bit harder for me, but if I had a really good teacher, then I would be engaged. You liked (laughs) animated teachers. You liked animated teachers. Okay. And you kind of talked about this just a little bit, but what subjects did you really dislike? Math and science. Oh, I hate admitting that because I know they're so important. (laughs) And now as an adult, do you look back at it and say, wow, there's so much of life that becomes math and science, isn't it? (laughs) And you especially realize that as a mother. (laughs) I'm sure, especially as your children get older and some of the people that are facing this right now with COVID-19, having to basically homeschool their children, I bet they wish they'd have studied math and science just a little bit more. Yeah, there's a lot of parents. And what's been amazing, though, is seeing the teachers on the other end saying, just do your best. I know that learning is important, but what's really important is our relationships with our our family members. Well, you know, I teach at the university as an adjunct faculty member here at Utah State University. And my students, even at the university level, have really struggled. It's been very difficult to make this transition to online teaching. So a shout out to all the teachers and all the students that have had to deal with this. Thanks for bringing that up. Caroline, let's talk about goals. When did you start forming goals in your life? I love goals. (laughs) I know you do. That's why I asked the question. (laughs) You know, this is going to kind of seem crazy, but I feel like ever since I can remember, because my dad has always (laughs) preached having a goal, writing down your goals. That's when it's important because if you don't write them down, then it's just a wish. It's just a hope. It's not a goal. And I don't know. He's just really drilled that into me. He's he's really good about um, reading all these, you know, self improvement books. And (laughs) you're probably very well aware of this. Every time I see Kelton, one of the most your parents are by like my favorite people in the whole world. We're we're family. We've even said that. Literally, we're family. My wife is like a distant cousin. On the, I, I think it's your, I think it's on your dad's or mom's side. Who knew? I, who knew, right? But it's really kind of interesting because, yeah, when I see your dad, he goes, Joe, I got to tell you about this great book that I've read. And I love it because it does drive me towards more goals. And I, it I yeah, it's, it's perfect that you're mentioning goals on how did I get here? Because without goals, sometimes we just kind of go into limbo and we don't go anywhere. That is extremely important. And and I can't say because I'm not perfect at this by any means. I don't have a goal and I'm like, you know, accomplishing every goal and I'm winning at life and I'm doing everything, you know, to perfection. That is not it at all because there have been times in my life where I've set goals and I don't accomplish them or I fall short what I want to say is goals are important, but what's more important in my mind is just making sure that at the end of the day, I can look myself in the mirror and say, do you know what, Caroline, you are doing your best and that's enough. I love it. That's one of those ones. Put it down paper, folks. Remember it. Good quote. (laughs) Caroline, let's talk about then how you prepared for some of the things that you did 
on your resume, your portfolio. It is loaded with so many cool things that you did you. starting in like 2002, <laughs> which to me feels like a long time. To you, you were still pretty young in 2002. Yeah, I feel like I did get an early start and I've had experiences that not a lot of people have had the opportunity to have. So I'm extremely grateful for that. But I think the biggest thing in preparing for those things was, of course, goals surrounding myself by people that supported me and supported my hopes and dreams because I would come home. I'd have a new thing every week. Mom, I want to be a lifeguard. And she would say, Caroline, you've never swam in your life. Like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I I have applied. I'm going to get that interview. And she's just rolling her eyes at me going, oh my gosh, she doesn't even know what the backstroke is. Like, how is this going to turn out? And I remember going in that interview. Well, this is the thing. So preparing for the interview, I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything about swimming. I don't know these things. But what's really important is that we just go for it. We don't give up because I feel like a life living mistakes is better than at least not trying because my mom says this all the time. If you don't try, the answers already know. So to me, I was already not a lifeguard. So just going for it, that was better than where I was at. And I am shocked to this day that they hired me because the interview was, what's the backstroke? Can you demonstrate that? And I went, I don't know. Well, what's the breaststroke? I don't know. Do you know anything? (laughs) I was like, no. And he said, well, why do you want to be a lifeguard? And I said, because it's one more thing in life that I will get to experience. And I promise you, I will do the best job that I can. I will never give up. I don't know. They hired me and I got at the end of the year, the most improved lifeguard award. And did you learn how to swim from that experience? (laughs) Yes. And I learned how to save people. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. What a great story. And you know what? That probably led to the fact of you loving bathing suits and then getting into beauty contestants, right? <laughs> oh man, that <laughs> you know is so that segues into that? I don't know. I've never done a beauty pageant, but here we go. And it became serious though to me as I went through the process of going to those workshops and realizing what the Miss Brigham City Peach Queen pageant was all about. I just went for it. I don't know. It's it's hard to say that to people. Oh, just go for it. Just do it. Because at the end of the day, that's easier said than done. Like it's not that easy at all. And I don't want to convey that and say that, oh, you can just wake up and do it. Go for it. But I think that's important to have that in ourselves, realizing that we can accomplish a lot of the things that we want to. And what about the idea of you got into singing you got into dancing, you got into acting, and you became a beauty contestant. So what about singing? You sing beautifully. You have a beautiful voice. How did that all start? That started at a young age, but it wasn't really something I jumped into until choir in middle school. And then I started auditioning for solos and I would get a solo and I loved it. Singing, though, is something I still struggle with in a sense because I know I'm not the best singer out there. But it's amazing to realize that your voice is an instrument. Doing lessons, singing every day does strengthen your voice and you can improve a lot just by working that muscle. Well, that's one thing I have observed about you because I've worked with you in that environment and you work so hard. Your work ethic is 
unbelievable until you get something right. And I admire that in you because some people give up just a little bit too early when they try something that is hard. Singing is hard. Professionals make singing look easy, mm-hmm. but it is a hard skill to learn and to do well. It isn't to control every note because at any moment your voice can just go out or you can croak or you can break or your vibrato will come in and mess up the sound or, you know, it's not as easy as a lot of people make it look. (laughs) Carolyn, let's talk about your parents some more. As you got involved in these activities, did you feel any pressure from your parents or your friends or your siblings or your teachers to either pursue this more or maybe pull back from being a performer and say, you know what, this isn't realistic. Kind of like you becoming the lifeguard when you can't swim. Did, how did how did that kind of fall into place in your life, in your goals that you're looking at? You know, my mom always did an amazing job at supporting every crazy idea I had. And same with my siblings. I mean, my siblings were always supportive and where they had been involved as well. That was something they would easily encourage. Where the pressure came from, I think, was just from myself of not wanting to let my siblings down in a sense. Anyway, I'm kind of jumping here, but my mom was always so great about supporting these ideas, but always giving me the realistic side of things. And that's what I just love so much looking back on my life was how real my parents were with me. And that's the kind of thing that I want to do for my kids is support everything that they want to do, but always let them know the reality that life is life and that life can be hard and that sometimes we don't get what we want. You know, it's really interesting because of the the things you brought up. Your parents are very much realists. I've been that way with, with my sons, I think. I've been encouraging, but I've also tried to make make life real for them. Because mm-hmm. if you don't somehow give your children the encouragement, but also the idea that this is hard. And not only is it hard, you may be disappointed at times. If you if you do the other and just kind of say, oh, you know, go ahead, you'll be wonderful, whatever. Sometimes that really stops the growth of a child, especially in a skill and a craft such as acting, dancing, singing, anything in the performing arts. And I love that you said your parents are realists and they, they really are, but they are so supportive. They were so supportive of you and all of your siblings. Caroline, let's talk about some obstacles in your life. What? Okay. What got in the way of all of this progression? I mean, you started out in 2002. You talked about all these plays I have listed here that you were involved and in, all of the wonderful roles that you played. Most of these were, were major parts. And also you got involved in the Poetry Out Loud, where you represented the state of Utah in that particular event. And you actually came to my university class and presented your poetry. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. But you were so wonderful. They loved you. And anyway, so let's talk about obstacles because all of us face these, right? And it it goes back to the question, how did I get here? Because now you look at the obstacles, the things that got in your way, but you're still here. You're still mm-hmm. kind of going for those dreams and for those those things that you've, you've always wanted. So what are some of the obstacles? Let's talk about them. Yes. 
I feel like in life, there's always the obstacles that come from the choices that we make. We kind of bring them on ourselves, but then there's also the obstacles that just hit you unexpectedly. You didn't see it coming. And that for me, because I was in the thick of all of this, I was getting ready to compete for Miss Utah when my family found out that my older sister Shay was diagnosed with cancer and that she had two years to live. I knew I still was competing and that I was going to be doing that, but it was really hard for me to push through that because all I wanted to do was put all of my attention to my sister and what my family was doing. Also, with news like that, you're trying to deal with it as an individual, not just as a family. You know, what does this mean? Am I really going to lose her or is she going to survive? No, she can beat it. I believe that she can beat this. She can do it. She's strong. She's amazing. But yeah, that was a huge obstacle for me and my family. Yeah, let's go ahead and clarify. Shay was 23 years old when she was Mm -hmm. diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. And, yeah. and, and this is one of the strangest things because that usually doesn't happen to a 23-year-old woman. I know. And then she passed away two years later. Yes. And fighting every minute. I visited her so many times. Talk about somebody that remained optimistic. Oh, He was absolutely. the most amazing individual, I think, that I have ever taught and 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 watched over those two years who made me change my life. She was so graceful. That's a great word. She was graceful. Yeah, she was graceful. All right. So we we all in the community, we all dealt with this. We did fundraisers and she didn't rally and and we lost her and we still think about her every day. What year was that? Do you remember? Yeah, so she passed away in 2013. So it's so it's almost seven been 7 years now. Yeah. Oh, man, and it's crazy to think that because there are days where I feel like it hasn't been seven years, but then there's also days where it feels like it's been forever. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just a weird thing. And people experience this every day. I'm not the only one that loses someone, whether it be to cancer or, you know, accidents. Or I mean, people die every day. It's just so weird when it becomes so close to home. Right. And another thing that I think it brings into focus for all of us is mortality is real in the sense of we're all going to have to go through whatever that door is someday. Mm -hmm. And it brings it closer to reality when it happens to someone that young. But your parents were strong in this and you were strong. Your siblings were strong and you and you rallied and you and you made it through. And then you continued on in your Mm -hmm. life, all of you. And, and they're wonderful, warm, and compassionate people as well. And I think the experience made them even more compassionate. Absolutely. You talked about overcoming this. And I think my siblings and I and my parents, yes, we have overcome, but we're still overcoming. This is something we will overcome for the rest of our lives. But what does it teach us 
for me, it's not so much how long a life we live, but how full a life we live. And that's what she taught me because my sister did. She lived such a full life. And that's what I want to do every day is live life to the fullest and appreciate every little thing because I don't know when my time is up and no one does. Wow. Powerful stuff from a such a young person. You are so wise for your age. I always appreciate talking to you because we have wonderful conversation. We're like philosophers. I'm the old yeah. philosopher and you're the young philosopher. I'm like, teach me your ways. <laughs> All right. Oh. So let's talk about when you decided you wanted to be a wife. When did you make that decision? And did you have to kind of put that on on hold for a while as far as all your career goals? When did you decide to be a wife? I mean, I always knew I wanted to fall in love and meet that person. But honestly, the day I laid eyes on Stuart Peterson, I thought, oh boy, I am in trouble. (laughs) I could be married to this guy and I could have a family with him. But prior to him, I didn't know if I wanted to be married and have kids. And I hate even admitting that because I love my family and my children so much. But there was a long time in my life where I thought, nope, I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have children. After performing arts, theater, whatever it may be, acting, that will be my goal. And that is what I want in life. So I I met him. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I remember you telling me those things. And then I remember meeting Stuart and what a marvelous guy you married. (laughs) Incredible guy. (laughs) I'm a lucky lady. You are. Yeah. And he is lucky as well. All right. Let's talk about the mom. The mom side of you is one of the things I admire in you. You have two beautiful children. Owen's the little boy. And then Annalie is your little girl. And tell us the ages. Yeah. So Owen is three and a half and Annalie is almost two. I know. And I actually, my wife and I was invited to Annalie's birthday party and it was incredible. It was one of the best parties I had ever attended for a little girl. (laughs) If you have a chance to look up Caroline on Facebook, you will see how beautiful Caroline is, how beautiful her children are. And the people that know her that are listening already know this, but you people that don't need to get to know Caroline to her Facebook page. She's a marvelous, warm person and a wonderful family. All right, Caroline, let's, let's move into some things. Okay. How do you balance all of these balls, as we say in the circus, as far as the balance? How do you keep the balance of still <laughs> doing singing and performing if you can, and also be a mom and take care of your children and your husband? How do you, how do you balance it? Oh, Mr. B, I don't. <laughs> No. Okay. Okay. Let's Uh, move on. Yep. (laughs) Moving on. No. Okay. It's not that I don't. That's just my negative mind talking. I mean, there are days, let's be real, where we don't do it all. But how I still strive to be a mom and still be involved in the community or involved in performing, it's because those things are important to me. But I think how I guess your question is, how do I juggle it all is realizing how to prioritize, realizing that there's a lot we can do and experience if we're wise with our time 
and how we're spending it. I just, I don't think I would be happy if I wasn't always improving or always striving to live my full potential. And you have such a supportive family and your husband is so supportive in your career goals. Am I right? The thing I love about Stuart is he, oh my gosh, he grounds me in the sense of I would be doing it all and I would probably be stressing out my family to the max. But he's able to ground me and say, look, Caroline, it's not that you can't do all of these things. It's that there are some things that come now that are the most important and that when the time is right, these other things will come and it doesn't matter what age you are, how old you are, you can still impact other people and influence other people and do these things that you aspire to do. And I love that about him because I feel like I would try to do it all, but not do it all well. That's anyway. good. That's a good answer. Caroline, what was your favorite role that you ever played on stage? Oh man, the witch and into the woods, hands down. Oh my down. gosh, really? Yes. <laughs> was the witch's character herself. Oh my gosh. For the listeners who don't know, the witch is kind of a creepy character. I mean, she's a witch, obviously. But what I learned about the witch is that she didn't do it necessarily because she was evil. It was because she was human. I don't know. It was just a crazy experience for me to go through and realize how deep a villain can be. That kind of sounds silly. No, that's but villains mm-hmm. are people too. What is one thing you have always wanted to do, but never did? Oh man. No, the biggest thing for me would probably be Broadway. However, I realized that I don't think that's in the cards for me. And I'm okay with that because There's so much more I can be doing and I have been doing. I've recently written a children's book and so I've submitted it to publishing houses and I know it's a six month process. So I'm waiting here back and I'm hopeful, but who knows? You never know. And rejection is a real thing in the writing industry, but there's other things I can be doing that I realize that I enjoy just as much as how much I think I would enjoy Broadway. And I know it's kind of funny too. We always, you know, see the grass is greener on the other side, but I'm sure if I was doing Broadway right now, that that would be extremely difficult with a family. All right. Are you living that childhood dream or are you still chasing it? Both. When I look at my future, what's important to me is that I'm happy and that my loved ones are happy. And so I feel like I'm living that and I have an extremely happy life that I'm grateful for. But I will always be chasing. I will always be dreaming because what else do we have if not our hopes and dreams and our wants and desires? Aren't we meant to constantly be chasing them? Exactly. You mentioned your book that you are working on, but let's go ahead and talk about how you came up with the idea for the book. So I'm a mom, a young mom, and I have Owen, who is an amazing young boy who has blessed my life. He was a struggle. He he still is to a point, but not anything he was when he was younger. He 
had a hard time learning how to communicate. It wasn't a lack of understanding communication because he's extremely social and he understands how the world works. It's amazing. So he understood at a very young age, whatever it was, whether it was motor skills delay or a function in his brain, he couldn't learn words. And I remember, oh, when, when did I write this book? A year ago? Last year. So I remember having this moment with him because he did get better at, at being able to communicate. So he was better at this point. But I was struggling to communicate and convey my feelings. And I was having that moment in my own life where I realized, Owen, you have been struggling with this for the past two years. And here I'm having a hard time conveying my own emotions in just a day and how hard that was for me. And that's when the idea came of writing this book about not being able to talk. And it's called The Squawk. And I've asked Mr. Batesel if he would be willing to read it to all of our listeners this evening. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, the words from the book, The Squawk. The Squawk by Caroline Peterson. My name is Owen. I struggle to talk. Every time I try, it comes out like a big, loud squawk. I see other people babbling away. And it's not that I don't have something to say. My tongue feels real heavy. I get nervous or scared. And I don't think my ears work right. Are they even there? I like to pretend I'm a lion that growls or a big hairy wolf that hollers or howls. Or sometimes it's fun to be a loud dinosaur. Get ready, get set and listen to me roar. Those are sounds I like to make. So don't worry if I scare you or make your body shake. There is one thing that helps me face this hard struggle. It's when my loved ones say, I love you, or they hold me and snuggle. They tell me that one day my voice will be found, and I know that day will be a glorious sound. So to you who struggle to speak or to talk, don't be afraid to embrace your Unique, big, loud, funny, or crazy squawk. Oh my gosh, my heart is like pounding. It's crazy because you read that and I go, I did that? There's no way. I feel like when inspiration hits, we have to jump on those moments. So I feel for all of those mothers and I want to tell them it'll get better. It really will. And if it doesn't, just continue to love them and do your best. I love the advice just to love them because sometimes that's all that's left that we can do. Mm -hmm. I know children that are autistic, that I have friends and, and they love their children. And that's sometimes all we can do. What great advice from a... Yeah. From a young mother who understands how people struggle. And thanks for sharing your wonderful words. And let's hope that maybe if somebody hears this 
and they're interested that we can go ahead and get that book out there in the near future. So Caroline, we're almost here at the end. What's next on the agenda? What's next is publishing this book, whether self-publishing or getting it published through a publishing house. And then forgiving myself in the sense, being more mindful, self-love, self-care, focusing on my family and realizing that my time will come. And (laughs) when that time comes, I am going for it. I don't, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going for it, you guys. <laughs> I know Whatever we're going to see you on Broadway. So you said, What's next? I'm like, I don't know, but we're going for it. <laughs> now let's do this because I always like to project what happens. So where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I want to see maybe something with this book and I would love to just continue to experience new things and maybe get involved, maybe in theater, maybe it's in singing, maybe it's another commercial, maybe it's an audiobook. who knows, but just always doing something, working on myself. Well, now in 10 years, your kids are going to be, what, pretty much older and in high school, probably. And what about the idea Gosh. you got involved in broadcasting, you got a degree in it, matter of fact. So what about pursuing that a little bit more? Have you thought about that? I know you love doing it. You had an internship with KSL. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So I got an internship with KSL, which was kind of a miracle because one day I received an email and I hadn't even submitted my application to this lady but someone had forwarded it on to her. I have no clue who. And she, it was last minute internships had already started, but she said, Hey, we had an opening. Will you come in and interview tomorrow? And I said, yes. Went in and interviewed and right there on the spot, she said, will you do this? And I was like, yes, I will. It was a miracle. I got the job offer at KSL. And that was a moment in my life where I felt like I had hit the crossroads. I could see both paths clearly. And it was, which path do you choose? Do I go on this path and become someone who's in the broadcast industry? Yes, it's doable. A lot of them do it with children and they do it amazingly well. And I am like, hands down, I praise them for what they do. But for me, I didn't think I would be a good mom if I had gone that route. And I knew that motherhood was important to me. So I went the motherhood route with the mindset of your time will come. That's It doesn't mean that I can't do this in the future. And it may be almost took a job with Brooke at Studio 5 last year. I was so close to doing it. But it's funny, you know, you kind of have to listen. I say, don't listen to your head or your heart because you need to listen to your gut. It's the combination of Mm. the two. That's good. Combination of the head and the heart. I know I would have given 100% to that KSL job and I, I probably wouldn't have wanted to have kids. And that's the thing that I realized too last year when I almost took that job with Brooke. She said, you know, these jobs don't open up very often, but I promise you, Caroline, if the timing's right, I think you could pursue this. And I do believe that. I do believe that, you know, maybe it isn't KSL, the timing's right. It'll happen. And if it doesn't, I have to be okay with that. 
So, so when you went to that uh, interview and that happened so fast, you said it was a miracle. Was that one of those moments was, how did I get here? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I have those every once in a while. And it's funny because yes, how did I get there? I actually ask myself that every day. And a lot of times, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Like, oh, <laughs> it is happening. And it's so, it's so awesome. Life is such a roller coaster that we are on all the time. And that's the exciting part of life that I try to tell my students and everybody I try to associate with that every day is going to be another roller coaster ride. COVID 19 yes. has given us another roller coaster that mm -hmm. we have to face. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody say the other day, and it was a quote, I think, on social media, that we're all in the same storm, but we're all in a different boat. I thought that was just yes. a great quote. And I think it's important that we remember that we will get through this, that we need to stay positive, but it's okay to be, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to realize how hard this is and have our bad moments, but don't lose sight of your best self. Don't lose sight of, of who you are because you are beautiful. You are unique. You are important. You are needed. And even if you don't impact this life on a big level and you go out there and you really change the world, you're changing your family's world. You're changing your world. And that does have a ripple effect. Caroline, you should have been a life coach. You have <laughs> so many wonderful quotes and experiences that you shared this evening. And I can't thank you enough. And I am so excited. You're my first guest on How Did I Get Here? And I'm excited about my future guests and all the people that are going to share with us, How Did I Get Here? Tonight has been a treat for us. It's been yes. emotional at times as you shared your experiences with your beautiful sister that you lost at such an early age. But then again, you shared some wonderful wisdom at your young age that everybody could, I think, benefit from. All of us can benefit from. So we learned something from everyone all the time. And tonight yes. you taught us some great lessons about life and goals and dreams and the idea of trying to be the best person we can be every day. Yes. So I want to thank you for coming on this evening. Thank you. And Mr. Batesall, I want to say, you know, when we ask the question of how did we get here, we don't get where we get on our own. There are people that we come in contact with that come into our lives that play crucial roles to where we go. And you have been that for my family and I. And I want to thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And good night. And I hope you'll join me again on How Did I Get Here?